Hello and welcome to the Saturday Night South Podcast. He is Chris Marler. I am Connor Kara. Marler, the original plan, as we know, was to record Stump Marler with our good buddy Jay Woody. We had, I think, in about 40 minutes, we had about five things go wrong technology-wise. Yeah. I, that's hard to do. That's really hard of, to like, do. On top like, the, all the emotional problems you guys know I deal with every day. So it's like, that That was not... So, like, at first, it was, it was happened to Connor. And yeah. then I was like, okay, well, it's not that big of a deal. We'll just, we'll be fine. Then it happened to me. Yep. It was awful. You know what they say about technology issues? They're contagious. It's like hitting. Hopefully this internet fad will just die out soon. Right? Seriously. Um, That's the bad news. The good news. The very, very good news. The thing that if you saw the title of this episode, you said to yourself, yes, finally, it's happening. The Jordan Rogers interview, it was awesome. It was great. It really was. It, It went better than any of us could have hoped for. You texted me right after the interview, and what were your exact words? I thought it was the best interview we'd, we'd done in forever. I don't know. What you said we peaked, know. which... Oh, yeah. That's what yeah. it felt like. It was awesome. It was really, really good. There is a, uh, a celebrity guest who chimes in in the background. If you are a fan of The Bachelorette or The Bachelor, you will know who this person is. But it was great. And yeah. for those who, who don't know, like we kind of had a, we had a playful back and forth with Jordan Rogers, And when you have something like that where... like. There, there wasn't real, like, significant animosity. We no. disagreed about an opinion, and, yeah, it became a thing. Of course, like, you play up something like that because it's interesting. We kind of joked around, and we had some fun with it. I didn't actually feel anything real for Mm-mm. Jordan Rogers, but getting to actually talk with him and in a setting where he's just himself, which he was right. with us, it, it was great to be able to do so. I'm glad, and I hope, and I think that some people will have maybe the same reaction to this as they did when we interviewed Canel last year for the first time. Yeah, it was, it was I don't well, I don't think he's not as polarizing as Canel by any Not way. as polarizing. Yeah. But he was true. he was so much fun. Like he was it was really fun and, and he was uh he was just kind of like a bro. I, I really I mean I enjoyed it. I always forget too that he's like he's like right in between our ages, mm. which I, I don't know for whatever reason that that just always kind of escapes me that cuz he's uh, I think what 31. I think he just turned um, but it was great because we got to talk about pretty much everything with him besides the obvious. If you're yeah. wondering why there wasn't a question about Aaron Rodgers, let's just say that nobody asked Jordan Rodgers questions about his brother or the family stuff. That's that's one we of those things. We don't have my dad on this podcast, so just there you go. We, we get it. <laughs> you, you stay away from, from topics yeah. like that. But um, it was great. So let's go to our interview with Jordan Rogers and then we're gonna finish off casual Friday with some five-star reviews so Boom. here is Jordan Rogers we're now excited to be joined by a very special guest a guest that has been a long time coming it is Jordan Rogers Jordan uh, I'm not sure that we ever saw this day coming after our legendary Twitter back and forth of 2018. Um, be honest with us, though. How much did Tom Hart have to bribe you to talk to us? <laughs> Isn't that funny? How in this day and age, how you can have Twitter beef and you don't even technically know somebody, but you're battling on 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 Twitter or social media, and it's it's a weird world. But let me just say this: Tom Hart influences me to do nothing. I don't follow that guy's <laughs> lead. Um, I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. 
So he had zero impact on this, <laughs> as much as he loves you guys. We actually have to start off every episode by like legally saying that just just before mm-hmm. we, we get going. Um, <laughs> totally. with Tom Hart stuff. No, so I mean, like, I kind of piggybacking off that. I'll take the blame for this because I I run most of SDS's social media, and you know I we didn't get started off on the on the best foot, but over the past few months I've, I've kept up with the Twitter. I've seen you quote Kesha, which I love, and I watched you <laughs> seeing Backstreet Boys on The Bachelor. So I don't have an apology, even though I probably should have. My question for you is, like, why did it take us so long to become best friends? Like I said, it's a weird, it's a weird environment. Here's what I'll say: I think the the longer that you're in this profession for for both of us, I think the more you realize to to have. And I always had thick skin as a, as an athlete. I think you're you're proven to do that. But but even as an athlete, I think there's a lot of lack of vulnerability, and I think there's a, a lot of false confidence. And, and a lot of athletes say they don't listen to stuff and they have thick skin and. I think in this day and age, that's not always the, the case. And so, I, you know, as I'm on this side of the media, then I feel like at times, you know, you try to fight a battle, especially the background that I have. Um, there's a, a large portion of people who have no idea that I ever played football. And they, and they think I got a job for uh, one reason, while other people know that I had uh, a little of a football career. Um, and so I, th- I think a lot of times, you know, as analysts, we get on the defensive about stuff because we're so passionate about it. We you know, we're not always right, but as athletes, you think you always are. Um, so, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of blame in, in, in me in my first couple of years in social media and being an analyst of, of taking things personally and, and, uh, and just, you know, I think there's a way to navigate it. So um, I'm glad we're here uh, because I think we do have a lot in common. Um, Keisha aside, um, on the football side as well, but uh, <laughs> I think it's a journey. It's a journey for everybody that, that gets in this role and, and has some kind of a spotlight when it comes to what they believe and what they analyze, quote-unquote, or what their opinions are, so it is what it is. Jordan, I, I think you figured out social media because yeah. when the draft happened, you were ready to go with that Jake Fromm tweet right at us and like dunked all over us. And you know what? And I admitted it. And like, I admitted I, I was wrong. Like you had, you had the better point there and that was just waiting. <laughs> Be honest though. Like how long did you have that? The, the Jake Fromm thing in the back of your mind? Like, all right, as soon as I have my moment, I know I got to let him well, I clap back. A you little know, bit. I, I drafted it up about 18 months ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Had it, had it peer reviewed um, over the last couple of weeks in preparation for the draft. Um, no, I'm just you know, I don't know. Um, you know what's what's diff- what was difficult about that is is I love Jake uh, and, and mm-hmm. as I get to know these quarterbacks um, personally, you know, doing the Manning camp every summer, I get to I get to see a little bit of a different side of them um, than than a lot of people do in the stiffer sit down interviews that we have to do. So there's not a quarterback that I like more off the field than Jake Fromm. Um, and, and there's not a guy that I respect more coming from, and, and it's interesting, you know, my own like lens that I, I evaluate football through, I was never that overtly talented. You know what I mean? Like I never had the strongest arm on any roster I was ever on uh, high school, junior college to Vanderbilt, you know? And so I had to find ways to, to be good, not great. I was never great. I'd find ways to just to get by and help my team be successful. And so I always appreciate and love watching guys like that. From from Alex Smith in the NFL, who a guy who, just from a talent perspective, is not that talented, but but for a long time found a way to make it work. And I think Jake Fromm falls in that category. And, and part of when you project to the NFL, which I think helped Jake this year, is GMs can be dumb. Scouts can be impressionable. And when you see a guy throwing shorts and a T-shirt 
like Justin Herbert or Jordan Love, you're like, holy crap, he can throw through a brick wall. But the film, maybe not there, and you fall in love with the guy for a certain reason. So in the back of my mind, I always thought when I watched Jake, I, I don't see him as a franchise guy. I think from a physical standpoint, um, he's going to be held back and might slip. But this year was unique in the fact that I think it helped him. Because I think teams just had to go off the film. He's got good film, not great film, but he does a lot of good things. And he didn't have to be in shorts and T-shirt and someone say, oh, well, we just saw – Herbert throws 70 yards, is flat-footed, and you know Jake's not zipping the ball like him. So quarterbacks are, are finicky, um, so I, I'm glad he's in a good situation. I, I thought he might even fall a little further, um, so I'm, I'm glad he got taken where he was and look forward to see what he does. But that's the weird part about this business. I like these guys, but I'm paid to have an opinion. Not a right one all the time, but I'm paid to have one, and i got to have one. So you got to say what you think. I respect that. I respect the ability to stand by your opinion too in that moment and to know that that was your opinion 18 months later. I mean, that's something that in the broadcast feel like you learn and you remember those things. And I'm sure as you've gotten more into this career, you've had to answer a lot of questions about your career, how you've gotten to where you are. It's fascinating from a variety of levels because obviously like you've been in the spotlight the last five years, but it's been so atypical. You go from former player to trainer to reality TV and into the broadcasting booth while still doing a little bit of the reality TV stuff. How did you get here to this point right now? It's, it's interesting. Um, you know, like I said, I was never that talented. I was lucky and, and thankful to get an opportunity at an SEC school that, um, you know, I probably wouldn't have started at many other rosters, but Vandy happened to be the place that, that I was able to get an opportunity, and we did some good things there. So I think locally I was able to, to use that a little bit, you know, after I was done with a few very small cups of coffee uh, in the NFL, very small, more like espresso shots. Um, but it was, as, I was after, <laughs> as I was done with that, um, you know, I went back to Nashville because I was kind of, that was home and it had been home. And, and I was like, what do I want to do? Well, I love training quarterbacks. So I got right into training quarterbacks. I was doing everything from seventh grade up through high school. And then I was doing NFL draft prep um, as well. So doing combine training in preparation for that, running pro days. And I love that aspect of it. But I always kind of wanted to be, in the media side as well and so I, I literally just uh, a couple of the people in nashville at the local radio stations that had interviewed me in my playing career i was like hey if you ever need to talk vandy football because that was the easiest right that was the low-hanging fruit if you ever need to talk vandy football i'd love to do 15 minutes uh, i'll call in i'll shoot i'll drive over i'll come in studio so i just started doing a little bit of that in nashville i think this was 2014 or early 2015 and got an agent and started making some rounds at the Super Bowl media days, just fit in where I can and, and talk what I could talk. Um, and then, you know, just was lucky enough to have a few auditions. Um, what's actually funny is behind the scenes. So I, I was in contact with ESPN before the Bachelorette thing ever happened and, and had that lined up. And then as they found out what I was doing, they're like, well, we're going to wait and see how things go. Like, I know we just offered and we want you to come, really? but we're going to make sure you don't make yourself look like an ass essentially without, without <laughs> saying that's what they were saying. And so I'm like, shit, like, man, I hope I didn't, you know, I know I didn't look like an ass, but I don't know how they edit things. And, and so, um, you know, obviously I, I came out looking fine in that. I don't think anybody looks great in reality TV, but I came out primarily unscathed. And so, you know, had that opportunity with the SEC my first year. And, and really I, I was only supposed to do some studio stuff. I said, you might get a game or two here. I happened to get a couple games. I think I did six that first year. And then, um, you know, I was lucky enough to get with Tom Hart and ride his coattails all the way to here. (laughs) 
So your career is pretty great, um, all the good stuff, and I don't want you to think I'm not taking that part seriously, but it's nowhere near as great as your hair. Um, there's <laughs> nicknames that I've come up with for it. The Quaffial uh, Nadal, the Quaffle House. Oh, uh, I like Flow. that. Yeah, you're well, you could use that. You can use that. Those um, are good. I haven't heard those. I appreciate that. I've, I mean, I've been thinking about them for the same 18 months like we discussed earlier. So, <laughs> um, I, this isn't a joke. Give, give us some tips and some styling secrets uh, so we don't look like ridiculous idiots when we come out of quarantine. Oh, God. Um, let me just put my ego aside then and, and take this semi-seriously. you got to use a blow dryer. I get weird calories. Some of us do. You know, after the shower, you gotta you got to get it going in the right direction. you got to give it a good start with the blow dryer. Um, I, I'm man enough to admit that I use it. And do I have my own one in the drawer and JoJo has a separate one? Yep. I'm man enough to admit that as well. Um, what a but, flex. Uh, is it, yeah, I don't know. Um, honestly, I think my hair is getting worse and worse. It used to be really long and good up top, and I just kind of keep getting it shorter because I don't want to deal with it. And uh, So a little, little clay pomade, and, and you're good to go. Blow dryer, clay pomade, one-two punch. There you go. Perfect. I remember watching The Bachelor thinking, man, he's not getting his hair cut the, the entire time. The Bachelorette, rather. Oh, and it got, like, it got bad. It started to get real bad. Like, when you used to go on those boating dates, it was like, oh, boy, this is uh, – we're, we're going to have a, a situation on our hands right now. I imagine that looks pretty similar to the quarantine situation for you, or have you had a plan to be able to not let things get out of control? Luckily, I got my hair cut right before the whole quarantine happened. So um, so it's looking bad right now, but it could be a lot worse. What's really bad, and uh, I, I actually just got rid of it, I, I decided to grow my beard out. And here's Beautiful. a little quick little history on my facial hair. Um, it's really patchy. It's like Shia LaBeouf style. Like, the, you know, when it gets long, it just it, it gets coarse and almost looks a little puby. I'm not going to lie. So I figured, what, what, what better a time than to just go for it? And so I've been growing my beard out up until, yes, two days ago. Um, and so that was, what, like three months. And I was like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know, it's patchy when it's short. So when it grows out, it's going to fill out. It's going to cover up those patches. It's going to look great. And that couldn't be further than the truth. It looked entirely <laughs> worse. The patches were more evident. Um, it looked more and more puby every day. So finally I got rid of the beard, and now I'm rocking just the stash, which is um, – I, I don't know if it's a blessing or a curse, but it's a little ombre. It, it's got some blonde to it, so it looks – it's what? Oh, JoJo says I have some gray in there. I, I resent that comment. Oh, I don't rude. That. Um, so I'm rocking the stash right now, and it's touching the lower lip, so it's got some good length right now. I am uncomfortable. I respect that. I respect that. You got it. Hey, you've got a better I hair situation going on. So am I. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> We're in the same boat. I just had, to do, I just had to do a, like, a, um, we do these Zoom calls now because we can't go anywhere, but with, you know, SEC Network sponsors. Um, so I just had to do, like, a Zoom call with Velveeta, and I got Ooh. this dirty stash, and I'm like, I'm killing any chance I ever have to work with these guys in the future. <laughs> if they're looking at me going, who the hell is this, and why does he have that on his face? <sighs> If you had shown up on the Bachelorette rocking the stash in ESPN, God, they like, no, nope. Actually, can't, can't JoJo, if I would have shown up, here, let, we'll get the actual answer here. If I would have shown up day one out of the limo with this stash, how long am I lasting? I'm into the stash. Oh, she's into the stash. 
she says it's a dirty little retro stash and she's kind of into it. So I guess I should have done this a long time ago. This is the best interview we've ever done. This is, wow. this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, we've, we've said this on, uh, on this podcast before you, Tom and Cole, you guys just have this great dynamic together. Um, and I'm sure that's, that's taken some time to be able to develop, but what was that getting to know you moment? Or like, is there a story that stands out from your early days at SEC Network that you kind of look back on and you're like, all right, this is going to work or, oh man, maybe this won't work. Um, you know, it's probably, I'm trying to even think what like our first game felt like, but it's, it's probably the best time with the crew is dinners before, uh, or like our Friday night dinners. And it's usually just me, Tom Cole, our producer, Joe, and our director, uh, Patty Mack. And, and Patty Mack is, Tom's a character. Patty Mack is, we call him the Irish assassin. Because if, if there was ever anybody that was actually involved with the mob, like, this is what they would look like. This is how they would act and talk. I mean, he is the best director in the world. Like, he does American Ninja Warrior. But he's also just, like, awesome to get a drink with. So we have, like, one of our first dinners. And these guys are just, I mean, we're on, like, our third bottle of wine. And I'm like, oh. So we don't really like, you know, study the rosters the night before or like uh, talk about what we're going to do. We just drink wine. Okay, I can get along with this. And, and Tom's Tom's a steak and red wine guy. So Tom likes to get after a little bit. And if you're in Kentucky, he'll, he'll tell you where the places are to go after dinner. Um, so that's probably how we got to know each other best was uh, uh, a few too many bottles of wine at dinner and then, uh, you know, some shenanigans. I, Tom lives like a mile and a half from me and we've, we've spoken uh, several times in the off season and th- I think he's sent me two pictures via text and both times there's definitely been some sort of drink in the background. That's how I knew we were going to be friends. So, Oh yeah. Um, I think he was rocking a dirty stash at one point too. Oh yeah. Probably for like a decade or so I would assume with, with his background. He's, I mean, that's, <laughs> that, that fits him perfectly. Um, okay. So this is, this seems like the perfect situation to ask. It's like, we talked a little bit about the, the bachelor, uh, the bachelorette. And so you just celebrated your fourth anniversary, correct? Yes. Congratulations. Congrats. Um, in a similar twist, I have had to postpone our wedding twice. I'm engaged. We had to postpone it because of, uh, coronavirus. So what I need is the best wedding advice you can give me, but wrong answers only. Oh, Jeez. Well, so we had to postpone ours as well. Um, we're still going through that whole thing. Uh, it was supposed to be this summer, so we're we're still going through that whole thing. But best wedding advice that are wrong answers only. Oh man, um, I would probably say that uh, bean and cheese tacos are, are great for a relationship <laughs> and romance. <laughs> And wearing white. And you know perfect. what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it's good. I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> we all like to eat, eat. What? Why do you look at me like that? <laughs> What's the you got advice? I Best wedding advice, wrong answers only. Okay, she doesn't know. But you know, you know, when you, when you when you spend a lot of time with significant others and you're keeping the romance alive, refried beans aren't always the best, you know, equation. I would agree with that. That's I mean, that's good advice. Um, Joe just says that I always have to make it a a, a bathroom joke, which is is not wrong. <laughs> I mean, it plays in this that. scenario with that question, so that's, that's that's perfect. And plus, we've all been in quarantine for two months, so it's like, oh yeah. man, I can only pretend to take a shower so many times. Um, 
All right, so switching gears to some football talk. It's an intriguing year, I think, for, you know, a little bit for SEC quarterbacks, especially some of the newcomers. What first-year starter at quarterback do you think will have the most success this season? Oh, first-year starter. Um, how am I going to equate success here? I, I'd say this is a leap, but also it's someone I can't wait to watch uh, for multiple reasons. Is uh, And I don't even know if it's going to be a screenwriter or it could be really good. I think K.J. Costello's got a chance to – I don't know if it's to say to make a splash, but – I cannot wait to watch him and Mike Leach's offense. Um, look, oh. I, I don't think they're going to make a, a huge splash this year. I mean, when you're in that type of offense and, and you're making really a, lot, a big personnel change, he's got to recruit. He's got to recruit to his offense. So it's going to be patchwork this year. But KJ Costello has proven he can be accurate. Um, he's got NFL characteristics. I don't know if I'm going to say he's going to be a successful NFL quarterback, but he's got a good arm. He's a big body guy. He's been accurate. He's not overly mobile, but he can throw from the pocket. And look, it, in the SEC, haven't we always taken that stance of we watch the Washington States, we watch these schools that, that run wide open, and we're like, that would never work in the SEC. Well, now we kind of get to see it. Like, that's what I'm excited right. about. Like, the SEC defenses, especially in the West, now get to go up against a Mike Leach offense that's going to throw the ball 60 times a game without apologizing. So, you know, I don't know if he's going to go out there and, and, and light the world on fire. I don't see that happening yet because I don't think the pieces are there yet around him. But they're going to win some games that they're not supposed to win. Um, so I'm excited to watch K.J. Costello, and I'm excited to just get the sound bites from Mike Leach because I think that's the best thing. Him and Lane Kiffin yeah. in the SEC is the best thing to happen since I don't even know. So along along those same lines then, and, you know, at the risk of not – fueling another 18 month long Twitter beef or whatever. Do you have your top three SEC quarterbacks for 2020? Oh, top three. I'd probably go. Here's what's interesting. Um, I think, look, Kellen Mond, I think is, is, is talented. I think he took a big step back last year. I think when you just watch the film at times, the game environment dictated him to make chance, take chances and, and push the ball outside of the offense, I think, um, that Jimbo would like to run there. But they're returning 19 starters. And in this offseason especially, there's not a quarterback I'm more confident, or really a, a unit that I'm more confident showing up no matter what camp looks like, week one, ready to play. Now, they, they have a lot of improving to do as well, but uh, they have one of the best young tight ends. Um, they get Cutback, who wasn't able to play last year. He was a four-star recruit. Um, so I think if you add him with Jalen Weidemeyer, that might be the best tight end duo in the country. I mean, definitely in the conversation. Obviously, Cup's got a lot to prove, but the talent is there. So I'm excited to see that. I think I would put Kellen Mond and Kyle Trask. Um, I put Mond ahead of Trask right now, and here's why. I love Kyle Trask, and at the end of the year, he might be the best in the SEC. Um, but I'm worried about their receiving crew. Not that they don't have talent, but they lose four of their top five receivers. Kyle Pitts is back, and he's probably the single most talented tight end in the league and, and one of the most in the country, so I love that. But they struggled to run the football last year. Um, not that they, they need that to be their identity, but with that depleted of a, a wide receiver roster, they got to be able to run the football consistently early. And they got a lot of talent coming back, experience coming back up front. Um, so I think they can, but just because of the question mark around Kyle Trask, I'm going to put Mond slightly above him. And then, oh man, 
This third, this third one's where it gets interesting. I mean, from a talent yep. perspective, I want to put Jamie Newman in there. I just don't know. I mean, he hasn't taken a snap with a football and coaches on the field at Georgia yet, period. Um, so that's a big question mark. From a talent perspective, I think he's definitely there. Um, so I'd probably, I'd probably go Mac Jones. Just because yeah. I think he can step, he can step in right now, and there, there's not really question marks. Look, he's not Tua, um, but we saw what he did against in some big moments, and I think that probably, I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but I think probably the best thing I saw from him last year at the end of the season um, was his resiliency uh, in the Iron Bowl. Look, I mean, as a quarterback, it's not easy to throw a pick six or another pick six and, and come back and keep firing with confidence. And he hadn't played a lot of football and hadn't played hardly any football significant at all. So to see him go punch for punch, make monumental mistakes, and then come back and keep firing, he's got enough talent around him. Um, Waddle and Devontae Smith are, are super talented. They're going to run the football effectively. So uh, I think he's poised to have a big year. Um, again, he's not as talented as Tua, but you don't need to be in that offense. You need to distribute the football well and limit mistakes. And I think you can do that. So – um, I, it's quarantine, so my mind's a little. I hope I'm not leaving someone out. Those are the three that, off the top of my head, would come to mind. Jordan, I, I think. It. Yeah, I mean, I think I have this almost the same exact three. Maybe not that exact order, but we've come. We've and officially again, come a long and again, way. I, and again, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see. Look, I don't think Mon's going to come out and be a world beater. Um, he, you know, I, I think he's got a chance to take a big step, and I think he's got the most pieces and. And, and at least consistency around him to take the biggest step. Let's just see if he's got it in him. I don't know if he does. Um, but right now I know he's got pure talent. I know he's showed flashes of being consistent with the football. So, uh, you know, that's where I put him right now. Who knows? Again, Joe Burrow going into last year, I had him very yeah. low uh, because there was a huge question mark about that offense. We didn't know who Joe Brady – I mean, we knew who Joe Brady was, but we didn't know what it was going to look like. And he hadn't played well with the same talent the year before. So guys can take big steps. Can they take a big step in this offseason? I think it's the biggest question when they haven't been able to do anything. Can they get it ready and flip the switch in three or four weeks, you know, with new pieces around them? Um, that's why I put Mon where I have him right now. So we have one. I got one more question for you before we get to two minute drill to get you out of here. Um, but I'm going to give you a choice. Would you rather answer a question about dudes named Chad or Pitch Perfect Two? Oh, PP Two. Okay. <laughs> I rewatched the clip to prepare for this interview. Obviously, have to the riff off. It's legendary. Everybody's seen it a million times. When you saw the final cut, how upset were you with how much screen Clay Matthews took up? Well, I mean, Clay's the star. Here's a funny. Here's a funny backstory. So, David Bakhtiari and and me uh, trained together before the draft. We hit it off immediately and became super close. And obviously, we were on different teams our rookie year. And and we were during training, during combine training, we were like like uber pitch perfect one fans. We watched that movie. I mean, there's nothing to do during training. You wake up at 7 a.m. You train till noon. You have nothing to do but sit on your couch for the rest of the day. You've already done your workout. You've already done your field work. So we watched Pitch Perfect 1 probably three or four times a week. We would get on YouTube and, and watch just the, the riff-off parts and sing to them after. That's how it got weird. I'm not going to lie. It got a little weird. Um, <laughs> but so, so we're on different teams. We're, we're tweeting back and forth about, you know, acapella. And there was like some reality tea. I can't remember what it was called now. There was a reality acapella 
competition show, and we were tweeting about it. And BuzzFeed ended up writing this article about NFL players that love um, acapella. And um, Elizabeth Banks actually reached out, um, who was in the movie and produced Pitch Perfect 2, and she's like, love that you guys are big fans. This is on social media, Twitter back then. Um, you know, love that you guys are fans. You know, like, if, uh, you know, if there's anything ever we can do for you, like, you know, it's just great, whatever. And me and David are like, dude, this is our chance. So we like DM back, we're like, hey, well, if there's ever a Pitch Perfect 2, you know, we'd love to like be an extra and stand in the background. And she's like, well, my, my husband is actually uh, the executive producer. Um, he'll reach out to you. We're like, wait, what? Really? Uh, <laughs> so he reaches out and he's kind of like, oh, okay, you know, we'll see what we can do. Like kind of gave some lip service or so like, ah, whatever. We tried, right? We shot our shot. And then like a few months later, he reaches back out and he's like, uh, hey, so I got this idea. And by that time, David had recruited some of the other Packer, Packers as fans of the show as well. So we get there to the set day, like rehearsal day. And the NFL is actually very weird about, um, about really their naming rights and their logo. So they, they like mandated that a NFL licensed flag was in the picture. Um, originally, the script had us not even is named the Packers. It was actually the, uh, gosh, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but it had nothing to do with football um, or a, a, an NFL name. And the NFL mandated that they had to use a licensed name. And so they, all this stuff came in. And at that point, I'm like, hey, I'm on the bucks. So maybe I should not be in this scene. Maybe I should just be an extra. I was like, hey, whatever you want to do, like, just I don't need to be in this scene. Like, I'm just happy to be here. I think it's fun. Um, you know, and the producer's like, no, no, we'll, we'll see what we can do. We can cut around it and make sure you're not, like, prominent. And I'm like, well, Clay is the dude anyway. I knew that was going to happen. And, like, uh, I'm, a, I'm 200 pounds behind these guys that are 350. So I knew I wasn't going to get a ton of screen time, let's be honest. Um, so it was kind of funny how it all came down. But um, literally, get this, so we show up for the rehearsal. And we knew what song we were doing. And this is the first time any of us are walking on a movie set. So we all walk in and we think, you know, they're going to tell us what our dance moves are and how we do the scene. And and we pretty much walk into a rehearsal where everybody knows what they're doing. And the music starts playing and one group starts doing their thing. And they're all choreographed. And the next group and then our music comes on. And we like look around like no one's told us what to do. So we just start no. like, like idiots and like and like riffing and, and acting stupid and twerking if it was even a thing back then who knows, but so <laughs> literally they gave us no direction. They're like, yeah, you guys do whatever you want. We're like, wait a minute, we're football players. Um, we're told you need to tell us what to do and how exactly to do it. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to do it. So <laughs> we ended up like grabbing the choreographer and going like, hey, dude, we don't want to look stupid. So help us put something together. Um, and we just kind of, we winged it. And so it was, uh, I don't know, it was a crazy story how it all came together, how we even got there. Um, and so that's why you don't see a ton of me because I'm tiny behind these big guys and because I technically was on a different NFL team and the NFL wasn't too happy with the, the, the whole naming thing. And uh, so it got kind of, got a little weird, but it was uh, a lot of fun. And, uh, I get to tell people that I had a, uh, uh, a song on the, that was number one on iTunes because I sang background. <laughs> <laughs> that wow that was that, awesome that's a hell of a story isn't that, that tom hart i mean like we expected to show up and like them tell us okay here's where you stand here's what you do and they're like no you guys do whatever the hell you want really i also would have <laughs> okay. loved to be in the room when they explained that to goodell that there was a bunch of uh, football players twerking and doing uh <laughs> acapella sing-offs Oh, okay. Uh, it, was, it was a riot. Everyone, because everyone didn't really know what to think. You know, obviously all these actors are like, oh, these football players aren't very approachable. And, you know, these big guys, not me, the other big guys. Um, and then it just ended up being like a shit show. 
uh, in a good way, but a shit show for sure. That's awesome. Well, listen, this has been this has been great, and we're gonna close it on an even higher note um, with two minute drill. So love it. It's basically just rapid fire questions. The first thing that pops in your mind, uh, you answer. And here's I don't want to put any pressure on you, but I mean all okay. of your coworkers have I've already done this. Uh -huh. Tom Hart's done it I think like 17 times, um, and gets less and less excited about it every time. But <laughs> we have we have a whole whole power ranking of the scores, so. You got a lot to live up to here. Are you ready? Wait, so there there are right answers. There are correct answers. I'm not going to tell you according that. According to us, yeah. Yeah, according to me. It's, okay, it's all, all opinion-based. Yeah, so. Okay. Uh, we got 11 questions for number 11. First question, who's your favorite character on The Office? Dwight. Good answer. Okay. Uh, second question, on a scale of one to Dabo dancing, how cringy was Peter's season of The Bachelor? Oh my gosh, it was nine and a half. Mm. Especially like the, the after the final thing where the mom was getting crazy. Yeah, it was bad. It was nice of her to have so so much input though. That was that was fun. Barb, for was that Barb? Barb, yeah, that, was Barb. <laughs> that turtle neck. Oh, Barb. Oh. Um, Barb okay. and Karen just hanging out together at the sandals. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, number three, go to karaoke song. Oh, this is going to be a oh. weird one, but uh, strawberry wine. Ooh. I I just teared up. It's, I mean, that's that's beautiful. Seen a uh, yeah, you know I mean. There it oh, is. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I thought I thought honestly we were just gonna go into I want it that way together, but we'll just we'll say that for another time. Oh, God, um, that's a great way. Yeah, yeah. should have said that. <laughs> Fourth question: Better hair, Cole Kublik or Paul Feinbaum? Oh my. God, can, does Cole even count? I, I, I guess I'm going to say Cole because, I mean, if you don't have any up top, you got to shave it. That's true. That's true. That plays. Got um, okay, favorite Disney princess? Uh, Jasmine? Magic carpet ride? Yes. I mean, come on. Okay, God, spot on. Okay, go-to order at Chick-fil-A. Oh, um, spicy chicken sandwich. Just as it comes, two Chick-fil-A sauce. Let's go. Keep it simple. Let's roll. I like that. Uh, okay, you're doing really well right now. Let's see here. Um, go to tailgate drink. Uh, don't judge me. White Claw. We are. Oh. This is just the best day of my life. This is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean I'm a flavor new, of I'm White a Claw. I'm a White Claw fan, but uh, honestly, I like the um, the lime flavor. Okay, I'm, I'm a black cherry uh, girl myself, but that's fine. Um, Whoa, black cherry? That's probably the least on mine. I feel like it tastes black a cherry too much is like the cocktail. worst flavor in anything yeah. besides white claw. I don't I know I how it even plays in white claw. I, 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 I take it back. Dude. I, li I love lime. Lime is my favorite too. But I respect the <laughs> I respect the brand. There we go. There we go. Uh, all right. So LeBron or Jordan? Jordan. The answer Not was actually close. John Stockton, so that's, I mean, take some points away from that. I mean, that. I'm more of a Jeff Hornacek guy, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Marley. Oh, yeah, actually, it was a big Dan, Dan Marley. Marley. Jorge Murison. What, what is happening right now, guys? You guys have so much 90s white guy NBA knowledge. It's incredible. Um, okay, here's an actual, actual good question here. Uh, favorite SEC campus or city besides Nashville? Wait, what was that? Favorite SEC campus? At or city oh. besides Nashville. Oh man, campus I'd go. Oh man, I gotta go to the Grove. Yeah, that's a good answer. Um, all right, last two. Worst part of twenty twenty: Carol Baskins or COVID nineteen? 
<laughs> Carol Baskin. Come on. She killed him. You won't you, she you did. can't convince me otherwise. She put him in Probably. a meat grinder and fed him to the tigers. I think she honestly might be responsible for COVID nineteen. Yeah. Did you guys see the video where they, they, they the fake interviewed her on Fallon? That was genius, by the oh, way. Oh yeah. Freaking love, it. <laughs> love it. She was all about it. Hair flower thing in her hair and everything. Got her. Yeah, you know, if you're over the age of like twenty eight, like flower crowns, you can't be rocking that. No. But you know what? She gets a lot of respect for what she dressed her husband up on on her wedding day. I mean, <laughs> come on. That, yeah, you know that's the, the best wrong, wrong answer. Uh, Weird. I have the same outfit got. in my closet, though. I don't know. <laughs> All right, last question. Uh, who wins the SEC in 2020? We will not hold you responsible for whatever you say here. God, this is supposed to be rapid fire right now. Uh, I'm going to go. Take your time to say Alabama. What? You can take your time to say Alabama. No, I'm I'm trying every fiber of my body not to say Alabama. Um, I guess I'm going to say Bama. That's that's such a cop out, though. I hate myself for it. Listen, I'm adding up the points right now. You're not going to hate yourself after you hear this. 6,069 points. That's a new high score. Wow. And listen, I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but I. I'm gonna say one thing, and you, you know, if you if you like it, you can say it back. You are my fire. My no, no one else in that one. The one. <laughs> Love it. This Jordan has been great, man. Hug. We appreciate it. You just had a digital bro hug, and I'm okay with it. <laughs> Same. Jordan, what uh, what reality TV show should be should we be watching through the quarantine that you could be appearing on, live tweeting, stuff like that? Um, well, we, we did a little one on, uh, listen to your heart, which is bachelor's new, uh, spinoff music show. It's actually a really good show. I, I actually, full disclaimer, I think I've watched two or three bachelor episodes ever of any, of any of the series series. So I've never watched those, but it's actually a really good show. And if you're on Netflix and you haven't seen love is blind, I'm oh, crazy man. for what I did. Those people are psycho. Yes. Jordan, I know Absolutely like half of those people. They're all from Atlanta. And you are spot on, sir. <laughs> yeah, they're crazy. Man. Jordan, this was uh, a lot of fun. Maybe uh, it won't take a, another year and a half to, to have you back on. We'll, we'll, we can just go through. We do a riff off of 90s white NBA players. Yeah. Greg Ostertag. Uh, we can go oh, Matt Maloney. Ostertag. My brother, my brother had a jersey Ostertag. That was, he is flat top and all. Are you kidding me? Ladies, man. Did he sell that? Yeah, they're really cheap right now. It's really cheap. Goodness gracious. Jordan, this has been fun. Uh, we will do it again really soon. We have officially Absolutely. buried the hatchet. We are no longer enemies. <laughs> we are officially best friends. I'm making friendship bracelets. Love it, dude. Uh, I'll see you guys in the garage for karate. <laughs> Take it easy, man. Sounds good. Appreciate it, man. Talk soon. Appreciate Jordan for coming on. We have now completed the Saturday night in the SEC trifecta. Um, there you go. Tom Hart is still leading the way, like a billion to two. I think we've had Cole on two times, right? I think I think we've only had Cole on once. No, I feel like we had him on twice, didn't we? Because we had him on before know, the season at least once, and then we had him on during the season. I think as well. I think Either we. Way, had him he's, on he's always they're always a, a lot of fun. It's that whole dynamic cracks me up because I don't know how with after talking to Jordan, who's just like. Yeah, he's not in a rude way. He's he's a funny dude. He's not as funny as Tom Hart necessarily. Like Tom Hart's hilarious. Not as me. nationally funny as Tom Hart. Yeah, 
but he I mean he's he's still really funny he gets a lot of good references too like a lot of good movie references yep um because I thought he was gonna be creeped out by the uh best friends comment and he was like we'll do karate in the garage we got this <laughs> um but yeah it just I, it that group Cole has to just lose his mind with I, I imagine like they're just shenanigans the entire entire time they're there on trips I I would definitely imagine that but love those guys glad that we were able to to make it work hopefully everybody enjoyed that yeah. So, decided to do something that we haven't done in a hot minute. Five star reviews in place of okay. in place of where we would usually have Stump Marlon, which, as we know, couldn't happen because of technology. So, Ugh. we have gotten some five star reviews since all of this quarantine stuff has started. And if you have not yet, or if you know someone who has not yet, give us a five star review because we do this podcast. We put a lot of work into it, put a lot of time into it. And if you you know gave us a little five star review on iTunes. We wouldn't hate it. We wouldn't hate it one bit. Yeah. It would make our day. We love being able to read these off, and we appreciate and like to know when people are, you know, acknowledging our work. And yeah, I'll tell you what, if you don't, we're going to quit. This so. is true. This is true. All right, let's start with this one from uh, Cameron Jalufka, who says, Laughter Day down south. Uh, if you're, I don't get it. I I don't. I don't see the pun at all. That's right past me. Uh, if you're here for serious talk about SEC football, turn around and find one of the other podcasts. Chris and Connor are the perfect combo of raging fan and reasonable individual. I'll let you figure out which is which. About <laughs> that, we'll see. Um, I'm cussing now, so I'm pretty raging too. Uh, there you go. They are informative and bring up solid points and arguments while not taking themselves too seriously. Great, lighthearted sports talk for all involved. Gigum. I think that's the first gigum we've had in a five star. No, video. we've had we've had a couple because we had one that like gave us this massive scolding of something we said about Texas A and M like last year. Yeah. And then it was like, actually you're completely wrong about all of this and, and we were or I was, and then uh, then he was like, but five stars, I enjoy the show. <laughs> we'll take it. Uh, okay, here's one from Alec Fratt. says, best podcast. As someone who grew up in Ohio who was not raised in the SEC, this podcast has not only been amazing football content, but Connor and Chris are amazing at bringing in humor along with great insight. Since I've gotten to school at Alabama, it's been my number one podcast, and as I continue to do a great job, it always will be. Thank you, Alec. Wait a minute. At Alabama, if you're in college and you have a last name Fratt, I mean, oh, yeah. I, that's that's an easy icebreaker. Easy <laughs> icebreaker. Any party you go to freshman year, for sure. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I wouldn't do it too many times. I was just say that. No, but it, it definitely has has a, a peak. Like, you can, yeah. for a solid three, four months there, that is a prime last name to be able to have. And nobody forgets Alec Fratt. That's a great name. Yep. All-name team, it. for sure. This one from C. Saxon. Uh, can't miss Great interviews, commentary, and analysis, and hilarious content. If you are a casual fan or a diehard, there is something to enjoy. If you miss hanging out with your friends discussing sports during quarantine, hang out with these guys. Amen. Amen. Yeah, for real. Definitely. Thanks, brother. Uh, let's see here. I've got one from Georgia Nick J. It's his best SEC podcast. I stumbled upon this podcast looking for more SEC content. As a Georgia fan, I already had my Georgia podcast on lock, um, which, you know, I thought that's kind of what we were. Uh, but I was looking for more general, unbiased SEC content. Look no further. The SDS podcast is incredibly informative, yet hilarious, and less buttoned up than your average show. Chris and Connor are very entertaining, knowledgeable, and funny. I just feel like I'm listening to two good buddies shoot the breeze about football. Keep up the great work. Love it. Thank you, Georgia Nick J. really nice. This one from D.B. Uh, Buchan, 
I could be saying that wrong, probably, apologies if I am. Uh, subject top notch, great content, complete conference coverage, very entertaining guess. What more could you ask for in a football podcast? Yeah, we've been saying it for years. Uh, years. Um, let's see here from KB Yule. I listen to a ton of, um, oh, I know who this is. This is, I think this is Christy Bryant Yule, and I thought she hated me at first. She's, she's like one of the most informative Twitter followers ever. By the way, no relation to shout out. no relation to Chris Bryant though. No, no, that's not her last name. Christy um, Bryant Yule, gotcha. Yule, yeah, like it's like Chris Bryant, but with like the Soldier Boy at the end. Gotcha. Of the um, she said, "I listen to tons of UJ content, so I go here to learn more on the other SEC teams, and also to frequently get triggered by Chris." Joking aside, these guys are knowledgeable and fair. Go dogs. That's why I thought she hated me. Uh, we had, I think we had a few back and forths on Twitter. She's she's really great, though, on Twitter. Very nice. Thank you for that. Uh, AP310 Apple. That sounds like a bot. I promise this isn't a bot. That's What's his name's kid, isn't it? AP- Elon Musk? Oh. Shout out wow. Elon Musk. Already got a five-star review from Elon Musk, kid. That's amazing. That's the sick brag of all sick brags right there. <laughs> Subject, great podcasts, multiple. Uh, I love the Saturday Down South podcast. Chris and Connor are great. I have been listening for a while. Couldn't figure out how to leave a review on iHeart. Got an iPhone recently and am now listening on Apple Podcasts. Oh, that's why they said that. Keep it up. Go Gators and Gator, 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 Gator emojis. Guys, also, and we appreciate you listening, but um, just don't listen on iHeart, though, if you can. Because, you know, that's that's the place I worked and had to quit that job. So support. That's right. Actually, they didn't fire me. That's like one of the few jobs I didn't get fired from. That's good. Oh boy. Listen to I Heard All You Want. Um, let's see here. Martin Martin MP2? Not MP3. I read MP2. Pimp in there. I was gonna, there you go. Uh, somehow an SEC savant and a Big Ten bred Yankee transplant who has a weird and special affinity for Florida basketball come together to make absolutely can't miss content. This is by far the best SEC podcast and possibly the best college football podcast on the airwaves right now. I highly recommend it to anyone looking for a new pod. Thanks, dude. I've been called much worse than that. I can take that. That's fine. Um, Last one from Razor Mac. Highly entertaining and informative. As someone who lives and breathes SEC football, it's fun and refreshing to find such an entertaining podcast. The hosts know their stuff and are always entertaining. They do they they do to just rely on facts and stats. I think I I don't know I butchered that but they have those in spades oh meant to say they don't just rely on facts and stats but they have those in spades a great podcast for any football fan regardless of how you feel about the sec thank you razor mac hopefully you get an sec win this year maybe who knows yeah i can see that coming uh that's good thanks guys that was awesome please that actually made me feel a lot better after what we just went through with the other stuff. Yes. Yeah. 40 minutes of our life that we will never get back thanks to the, Ever. the the technology issues that we had. Running a podcast, not always the easiest thing in the world to do. That is true. All right. We have coming up this weekend on Sunday a great It Just Meant More that we just recorded. We recorded this on Wednesday. A game that Tennessee fans are definitely going to want to listen to. Arkansas fans, Razor Mac, you're still going to want to listen to this as well because it was still at a time when Arkansas football had a chance to play for a national championship. 1998, Tennessee and Arkansas. Great, great game. Neyland Stadium, a certain play at the end that involved a very untimely turnover came to define that game, but a fun game to look back on nonetheless. 
Let's end on a more positive note. <laughs> What's a more positive note? Hey, we're going to have voluntary workouts for college athletes. That's, yeah. that's starting up very, very soon, June 1st. It looks like we're going to be able to, to have this in, in college sports. So, hey, progress. Okay. It, I'm going to say something right now to everybody out here listening. You listen to your Uncle Chris right now. And I know that I'm a lot of times I'm very pessimistic and I'm sarcastic and all the things. But if you are one of the people that is pretending to not be excited about this and are like, well, we're not going to have college football anyway. Not with that attitude, we're not. Okay? So you take that attitude somewhere else. We're going to have college football. This is the first step of that process. I'm pumped. Let's not rain on our parade. I want to see all the outdoor weight rooms. That's what I'm excited for. Very, very yeah. excited. Have you ever deadlifted outside before? Let me tell you about that. I, oh, my God. <laughs> Unreal. The goal was to end out I'm, a positive I'm pretty sure Dabo has just been doing P90X and hot yoga with all of, all of Clemson, so we'll see how it goes. Dabo on TikTok, please never, oh ever again. Right, let's, let's let Dabo get back to work. If there's anybody that needs to get back to work, let him do it, just so that the internet never has to see that ever again. And I, Yeah, and I also, we need the season just so I don't have to hear Ball, Gator, and Georgia Twitter all offseason. Because those hypotheticals, we, we, they got to be played out on the field. Uh, who's going to be the first to declare a national championship if we don't have a season? Just kidding. We're going to have a season. So, irrelevant. Irrelevant. Not, not, not important. All right. Until, <laughs> until next time, hopefully everybody enjoyed our Jordan Rogers interview. And if you have not joined our Facebook group, please do so. Follow all forms of Saturday Down South content on social media. At SDS, at SEC Football, at Vern Funquist, at CJ O'Gara, at DSDS Pod. Marler, Jordan Rogers, um, anybody from Pitch Perfect 2, what do we need to remember? Technology's not real. It might mean too much. Talk to you guys soon.